RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Ken Ring is a long-range forecaster. I'm sure you've heard of Ken. He's predicted severe flooding the night before the election, particularly in Auckland. That's this election next week. So what would it mean for voter turnout? How accurate is that prediction? What does he base it on? And probably a bit about just weather in general as we now talk with Ken Ring. Ken, welcome to RCR. Nice to have you on our show. Yeah, hi, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Now, I'll mention the forecast in a minute, but first I feel the need to put long-range forecasting into a bit of context. Yeah, please do. So the system is about as accurate as when you visit a doctor. So say you've got the flu, you go to him, you get something and he give you his opinion and he'll say take this or that and if you say okay so if I do then what's the story doc and he'll say well it may clear up today or it may take a couple of days or if it hasn't cleared up by Monday or Tuesday of next week come back and see me and we'll try something else okay now if I was to say well it may clear up today or it may take a couple of days, or if it hasn't cleared up by next week, come and see me, and I'll tell you something different. Yeah. yeah. Everybody would come at me with a baseball bat. I I understand. And they throw tomatoes, and uh, and, uh, but but when it was perfectly acceptable to hear the same thing come from a doctor's mouth, and worth about four, uh, you know, the, the doctor's feet. So I may be as well a, day, a couple of days behind or a couple of days, uh, couple of days after. But, but I, I mean, I ask, since when did the weather have to be more accurate with, uh, than the medicine? Yeah, true, so, true. No, I, I, good point. In fact, you reminded me of something. I used to know when he was still when he was alive, Augie Hour, who was a well-known weather personality back in the day. I think he was a TV guy and had a history of weather forecasting in the U.S. Air Force in an earlier life. And he got into trouble. You've just reminded me of this um, when he was making a prediction for I think the summer holiday period north of Auckland and around Coromandel, and he said it would be wet and it wouldn't be very good. And no one left Auckland, and all the businesses that were waiting for that business were affected and the weather wasn't that bad and I think I think that might have ended his career no what because I knew him really well and and I used to fly with him to go to uh, certain events what finally finished him um, he, he, he was against global warming. that's right yeah yeah but that thing that I just recounted that did actually happen if I remember right that that did happen. Uh, and he copped a bit of flack, but yeah, he got on the wrong side of the of the climate uh, uh, freakout brigade. And, and also, he didn't have the legs that the, the woman on TV one had. So okay. uh, <laughs> he certainly didn't. <laughs> All right, well, that's another story. Okay, so given that, uh, given given what you just told us in that analogy, you know, in the doctor's um, uh, room and all of that, yeah, we get that. But lining it all up with your experience looking at this for you know pretty well a lifetime what do you what do you see around this day next week not this weekend but the next weekend yeah well the 14th is the day after the overnight of the 13th and the 14th right. and the 14th is the new moon day 
which is normally rain-free. But the night before is expected to bring heavy rain for parts of the North Island. And now, why is that significant? Well, in, New- in Auckland, where most of the votes are, there may be a lot of extreme weather. Uh, but but it, it, it will be, I think, the most rain, about 700 mils, not only for the month of October, but for the whole of next year, sorry, for the whole of this year. And public services like civil defence may be called out. Uh, but that's going to continue, that unsettled weather, for two weeks. Now, I may be a couple of days out, in the starting, but once it starts, we're going to have a tremendous amount of unsettled weather. I've got about double the average for parts of Auckland and Waikato and Bay of Plenty and and Wairarapa, and about three times the average for Gisborne and Hawke Bay. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily a conspiracy, conspiracy theory, I just don't know. Uh, if they pick the, uh, a bad date, so people will stay at home, uh, because uh, a low turnout does favour the incumbents. Uh, but after all, they announced it on the 19th of January, and the almanac has been available since last July. So, in the risk, um, at the risk of it of boring everybody, uh, astrology of the day is interesting. So on the evening of the, of the 13th, Mercury is, is what they call conjunct with both the moon and the sun, which means a lot of wind, which brings in the rain. And then the next day, the moon squares Pluto, which favors earth, oh, excuse me, earthquakes, and goes up against Uranus, uh, what they call quincux, you know, tridate. Try that after a few drinks. But yeah, I can, the, yeah, I wouldn't actually. Yeah, I wouldn't even try Uranus <laughs> after a few drinks. <laughs> but the moon, the moon and the sun are directly hitting the nodes, which means a solar eclipse will happen on the fifteenth, and that's the next day, which we won't see at all, but all of America will, and that is sure to affect us politically. Um, um, eclipses always turn the status quo around. So what I'm saying, the astrology, it's only scientific. It's it's like a forgotten science. I mean, it, it combines uh, astrology and cycles and gravitation and all stuff that's taught in universities. And the people in history that we looked up to, the original science, like as Aristotle and like Galileo, like Sir Isaac Newton, Benjamin Franklin, they all had systems of predicting the weather. It was their day job. And I'm certainly not putting up myself up with them, but they use roughly the same method as I, as I do. Uh, for, for example, Benjamin Franklin used to publish his Poor Richard's Almanac for 25 years. He had 10,000 subscribers, and that's what that was his main living. Uh, Isaac Newton was an astrologer. In those days, the astrologers were the weather forecasts, and these guys all insisted that the moon creates the weather. 
for at least 90% of it. Is it you know, wait on, Ken, you're sounding, you're sounding a little bit muffled there. Get closer to the microphone. I think you just said that the moon, what, controls or governs the weather. Is that what you just said? Yeah, I said all the famous scientists knew that the moon creates the weather and the positions of the planets determine the state of the atmosphere. So what success have we had this year that you can point to? Well, in January, the moon was the closest to the Earth that it had come for a thousand years. So get this, it was the closest it has been since the year 680 AD. And when it was close, it's called the perigee. And the perigee always brings high tides. And that's why that day, I believe, there'd be all sorts of dangerous trips, which swimmers should be aware of. And I wrote to the uh, organisers of the Raglan event and, and and they thanked me for it. And consequently, I think there were 40, that's four zero uh, rescues. And I think there were over a dozen uh, drownings that day, um, unfortunately. But, but it, it, it was the same with the earthquakes in, in Christchurch and the one with and the one in Kaikoura, I put out a warning on Twitter six months before they happened, and as a result, some did not go near CBD in the week of the 27th of February. Uh, so it's 27th of February. But because I wasn't an, a, uh, a, a, a geologist with a degree uh, who, who have never predicted even one earthquake, I might say, and because the media were against me, and I'm dealing with the moon, they lumped all that with Eastern religion, and they still don't recognise the science. But, but before that, um, all the um, all the city councils used to ask for fine days for Santa parades, the teddy bear picnics, the opera in the parks, the Ellerslie flower show used to ask me for overcast days. Um, the uh, jazz festival, like the Mission Bay one, they got hot fine days. And I, I still give out the, this advice uh, free. If everybody, if everybody, so not everybody, if, if anyone writes and asks me, because if it's a fundraiser and a free event and if families are going and uh, small children, you don't want them catching colds. No. So no, no, uh, my, yeah. my, my email is ken at predictweather.com. But you'll, you'll recall that the September new month, new month, New Moon, which was uh, which was on the fifteenth, was also a very windy time, and that was what we called the equinox winds because they blew just before the equinox. Now the month is called a month for a special reason. It used to be called the month, which refers oh, okay. to uh, yep. yeah. Um, uh, did you miss the, the, the last sentence? Uh, you said the moon used to be the month. The month used to be the that's month. That's, yeah. That's right. And and that's actually a very small cycle of the weather. So the unsettled conditions typically arrive uh, within the month, uh, around about one month from each other. And you can check this out. 
the January 2023 event was followed almost exactly a month later by ex-tropical cyclone Gabriel. Now, it's not, not a rule because of the changing seasons and the changing temperatures and slowly altering prevailing winds. Uh, but uh, after a month, another pattern takes over. But th there are lots of other cycles that you can look at. So well, I, went on, one, I, I want to just talk about Gabriel quickly because you've just reminded me, at that time, and I've sort of dived in and out uh, every now and then, I was looking at a weather guy out of the UK who predicts or, or was seemed to be interested in looking at weather forecasts for Australia and New Zealand. I think he must have had some sort of interest in this part of the world at some point. Anyway, long story short, he was using all the NASA weather data, you know, those uh, incredible yeah. uh, sort of animated diagrams and, and stuff that taken from satellites, and he could overlay all the, all the elements, like the wind, the rain, everything. And he said about a week out, watch out, this thing's coming. And about four days out, he said, if you're in any valleys, get out. And he said, don't be surprised if there's an earthquake or two. Everything he said happened including the earthquakes. Oh. How does that happen? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Um, maybe he's using what I use as well. well um, what's the relationship with earthquakes? Um, well, uh, uh, sorry, I, I, I missed what you said. There seems to be an association with weather events and earthquake events. They seem to sort of kind of sometimes run together. Am I right? That's the impression I've got anyway. Well, you always get the earthquakes on the perigees. Right. And the perigee is when the moon comes closer. And the perigee seems to hang around the full moon or the new moon. So everybody thinks that the high tides are something to do with the full moon or new moon. No, it's not. The high tides are always around the perigees. And that's when you get the severe weather warnings. And that's what I was able to right. use. Yeah. Um, but but I'll tell you what, 36 years ago, that's a magic number because that's when all weather events repeat. That's, uh, so now it's 1987. It's called the Solar System Barry Center. And it refers to the fact that the, the, the sun, uh, the, there's a point in the, the sun which is the focus of all the um, movement of the planets. And it slowly shifts across the sun and back again. And it crosses the same point every 36 years. And, when, and, and that's why every 36 years a significant weather event repeats again. Right. So uh, so if you go back 36 years from 2011, say, the time of the big earthquakes, um, to 1974, 1975, um, uh, that was the first uh, six-magnitude event since 1968. And, uh, um, and, and, and this date as well, um, you got a whole lot of rain, in the October new moon period, uh, you've got 70 millimetres of rain over, over the next two weeks. And the 14th of October, uh, 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 
1987 saw 12 millimeters. So there's a, a, a guide that everybody can follow. And then they can go back to the big equivalent date, which is the grand solar minimum, which was October 1900. And it also rained for two weeks over uh, over 100 mil and a, uh, an average of five millimeters a day well um, six millimeters a day you've got a wet day and and, and so uh, there you go it, it may not happen but it's good to be prepared so you said 700 mils on the day is that is that one day because it sounds like an awful lot of rain i mean it's bucketing down or is that over the period that you're forecasting no, that's over all the stations that oh, I right. monitor. I got you. It, yeah. And th- that's about uh, nineteen or so. Uh, but it's the only, it, it's the biggest event all, all month. So here's the here's the question for the um, you know the rabbit hole dwellers out there. I'm one of them usually. So if you were choosing an election date, however many months or, or was it chosen within a year ago I suppose didn't you say January yep. if you wanted to give yourself the the okay um, some sort of advantage that you could perceive from getting from the weather would you want to be choosing this uh, 14th of October date I know it's a long shot but I have to ask uh, well I, I would say it depends on how your fault you, your polling was uh, when you decided on the date, and and you would pick a fine day if if you thought your polling was going to be high because you'd want a big turnout. But if the polling was low and you wanted people to stay at home, you would pick a, a day like uh, like the uh, almanac uh, points out because because there could be uh, flooding to basements uh, people might uh, have to deal with um, uh, uh, rain everywhere and uh, they just might have their work cut out on the particular day yeah they can't they can't sort of find the time or the make the effort to go to the polling booth okay that's really interesting ken thank you for coming on and explaining that really appreciate that that's my pleasure, anytime. Okay, and if people want to catch up with your work, where's the best place to go? Well, they can go to uh, www.predictweather.com or my Facebook page, which is called Kenring-Longrangeforecaster. And, um, and they can always email me at kenpredictweather.com. Thank you, Ken, and let's see how it pans out next week. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.